Imagine a student going abroad to earn a degree, or to take a course in English as a second language, or perhaps to learn a vocation through an apprenticeship program. Maybe the student is in fact not from abroad, but is just moving from their home state to one several hundred miles away. If you're an education administrator imagining that student, you'll picture them registering online, paying their enrollment fee, arriving on your campus, settling in. And now that they've arrived, your job is done. This is how it's been for years at higher education institutions and within training organizations. The problem is administrators don't really know who their students are. Their marketing teams might, because they need to know who they want to sell to, but who is that student really? This is where a strategy known as journey mapping comes into play, and where journey mapping and technology intersect to help create the best possible experiences for students. Hello, I'm Chris Henry, and this is another episode of Ahead of the Curve, a podcast series produced by Gerent, a leading implementation company within the Salesforce galaxy. Today, we're going to dive into what training firms and higher ed institutions can gain from mapping a student journey, why it's so beneficial for the student, and how it pays dividends down the road for everyone. April Bulwidge, Gerent Senior Director of Education, joins us, along with Mike Wittenstein. Now, if you look at Mike's LinkedIn profile, he's referred to as a management consultant and leadership coach, but he's someone who helps companies create new stories about who they are, out of which come new experiences for themselves and their customers. So let's look at this thing called a student journey and begin with a straightforward definition. Here's April Bulwidge. So student journeying, I would say, or journey mapping would be the activity of following a student throughout their entire experience or engagement with your institution. So from the time a student engages with you um, via the website, via form, that's when it starts. And even prior to that, it can begin with students just researching your school and having your institution show up in a Google search. So why does mapping a student's journey you know, through their educational experience matter? I mean, why bother? It's one of those things that, you know, institutions kind of don't necessarily focus on in, in its entirety, but it's super important to students because it really allows you to relate to them at important milestones throughout their time with you and throughout the engagement. So to the student, it's a way for them to gauge how well you understand what they're going through, where they are in your process, and also what's available to, to them and what can be presented to them as options to help them be successful in their programs. The idea of journey mapping is being used more and more in the training and education fields. I asked April if they're doing a decent job with the concept. I think so. I think training organizations and education in general are getting a better feel for how important this is to their students' experience. For the most part, it's you know it's certainly possible that you know this is a newer it's a newer function of business to really put their uh, their operations under a very close lens and see what's happening to the students at various phases. But I think people are seeing the value of it, especially when they're trying to ma- uh, they're trying to marry their process with technology. And that's where the rubber hits the road. And it really does allow them to focus on specific milestones, specific meaningful moments to students and couple it with messaging, with knowledge transfer, with outreach to students in a way that will keep the student on track 
and also keep them feeling as though they're part of the institution and the program. Mike Wittenstein looks at the benefits of student mapping from a different perspective. For him, doing a decent job isn't good enough. Decent, in my opinion, is a satisfying word. It's like um, an only good enough job. You know, educational institutions, healthcare, retail, everybody needs to be setting their sights higher so that when they do experience improvement work, when they do journey maps, when they do work in the business that creates value for their customers, their guests, their patients, their students, they're raising the bar because everywhere in the world, competition's rising. So the better your ability to deliver that better experience, the better your institution's going to do. Of course, we're, you know, we're operating today, Educational Institute, everybody is operating today in the midst of a, a global pandemic, which has forced a massive rethink on how to deliver training and education uh, in general, no matter what age group we're talking about. Given that, are, are institutions and training organizations able to adapt and have they been able to adapt well enough to continue to serve the students properly? From a safety perspective, it's all over the board because we've had incongruent and inconsistent guidelines from above. Using my, my daughter's local college, they're doing an absolutely amazing job at making sure that the students and the teachers and the staff are safe, providing for testing. They've become agile in so many different ways with scheduling, with off-campus hotels for students that test positive, changing up meal cycles and, and eating, and also offering a combination of in-person safe lab quest classes together with Zoom and teleconference calls on their BlueJeans network. So I think they're doing a great job there. Most of the students that my daughter reports to me, you know, her friends, are really not happy. They're bored, they're frustrated, they're tired, they feel like they're not getting their money's worth. And I can tell you from a parent's perspective, feeling the same thing. So what's happened in my opinion, and again, I've just designed experiences all over the world for all different kinds of businesses, is the leadership and, inst and educational institutions from my teeny tiny perspective is trying to replace what they had as opposed to rethink or reinvent what could be given some new constraints. The best clients I've had are the ones who've been able to rethink those constraints and use them as creative juice to create more value that gives all the players in the ecosystem more of what they want. And I think there's a lot of headway, a lot of runway for folks to be able to do that. The idea of doing better for your customers, in this case, students, is something that April learned firsthand during her time at ELS, where she was the Director of Central Admissions. ELS is an education organization that offers English language training to students from abroad. I think what happens with institutions or some of the challenges is that, you know, you get bogged down in your process or the school's day to day and what it takes to get a student through the process and not think so much about what's happening on the other side of that. You know, from my experience, when we had done some student journey mapping, it was a really new concept to us. When we were asked to map our student journey, we very quickly went into the process of submitting an application, let's say, or registering a student. And when we did have time to speak to a consultant, the first question he said, but what's happening to the student? And we would instantly go back to, well, you know, they're filling, there's paperwork, 
there's a registration process. Okay, what does the registration process mean? And it, it, it forced us to drill down into some really important events that the students were participating in that weren't geared towards being, let's say, student-friendly. They were more so checking boxes behind the scenes on requirements for admission or requirements for the program itself in some way. So it really does, um, it requires you to take a look at yourself in ways that you may not want to. It's uh, very, very uh, introspective and very reflective in a way to remind you why you're doing what you're doing. You know, yes, of course, you have to check these boxes to get someone through your process. But if in that time you lose the student as part of it because you didn't think about what they were going through on the other side, it's of no use to you. And you spun your wheels and have no student to show for it. And that's where the value really comes in, I think, for in the training space and education in general. But the journey mapping solution or the journey mapping exercise, how why that becomes so important to schools. ELS is a typical example of an educational company that thought it was doing the right thing for its students, but in fact, it really wasn't. A common occurrence, says Mike Wittenstein. But the trick is to make sure that when you're taking a fresh look at your business and you decide to bring in journey mapping as a way to figure out what your new processes and capabilities should be, it's really important to put students first and to make sure that they get what they want. At the end of the day, your job as a dean, uh, as you know, whatever title you are in the company, in the school, it's to create value for your students, for your customers. And they also come with sponsors. Most kids have parents footing the bill. Some have Uncle Sam helping out. Others are part of collective fundraising. Sometimes it's student doing their own fundraising, you know, working their way through school. But there's usually a sponsor. And it's a great time to take into account those sponsors' needs as well. You know, in terms of journey mapping for students, one one of the steps is building out what they call a persona or kind of a generalized profile. But given that uh, the persona is is perhaps step number one, what what do you think are the most critical components to focus on that'll have the the greatest favorable impact for the student and for the organization? Well, that's a brilliant question, Chris. I really like that one. Personas are these um, kind of like amalgam descriptions of whom you're serving. When lots of people start to put their hands on a, a journey map project, whether they're doing the journey map itself, doing research into the personas, building out technology, helping train people, um, making sure that regulations and processes are being handled the right way. They need to understand who they're dealing with and who they're working for. So plain old demographics like your age, your gender, where you're from, those kinds of things, that's not enough. And if you add psychographics into it, like attitudes and opinions, uh, favorite music, stuff like that, those aren't specific enough. They're specific at an individual level, but they're really hard to act on. So here are some of the things that I think specifically for education that would make the most sense. The first one are the unexpected yet valued connections that a student makes during their college experience or during their learning experience. This doesn't apply just to college. This could be for exchange programs, um, vocational times, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I look back on my college times, there were so many things I didn't know I was going to learn that really mattered to my life that made all the difference in the world. I worked for one educational institution that brings students from all over the world to English-speaking country shores. And 
the most important part of it for them was, of course, going back with their degree or their certification in English. But what they told me when I was doing my research that they valued the most was getting to talk to other Americans, learning the culture, walking the streets, seeing what a museum experience is like here versus what it's like in the country that they originate from. So all those unexpected things create tremendous value for them. The other part of the value connection are the people that they meet and the opportunities that they bump into. My personal opinion is that a lot of educational institutions could do more to foster unexpected positive outcomes and lifelong valuable connections. The second thing is that a lot of people enter a learning experience so that they can be transformed. They want their life to be better, their job to be better, they want to know more, they want to be more capable, they want to think of themselves in a different way. So if you'll think about the bridges that the student is trying to create for herself or himself, that'll give you a really good understanding of who you're working with. So for example, to bring it down to brass tacks at a typical state university level, somebody might be interested in civil engineering. Well, they need to know all that civil engineering stuff and they need their degree and they need to be prepared for the test and they need to know how the job market works. If they're doing something a little bit more creative, like dance or the arts or theater, they need a whole bunch of other skills. They don't just need to know the material. They need to know how to use the material in their professional life when they graduate. They need to be connected to alums. They need to have connections and understand how networking works on the West Coast or in Atlanta or in New York. Those are those bridges that I'm talking about. My personal opinion and suggestion is that schools of all kinds think about what students are going to do with what they learn from their school experience and how they're going to create value with it later. If the school incorporates that into their personas, they'll have a much better understanding of what to do. One of the things they'll understand much better is what's actually happening with the student after they enroll, but before they arrive at their educational destination. April Bulward says that at ELS, this was especially important. If you think about someone who's traveling internationally and they're six months out from their program, sure they have an acceptance, but you know they're doing lots of things behind the scenes. We should reach out to them to see how they did with their visa interview, to see if they have any questions to see if they booked their flight or if they need any help with that, to make sure they've secured housing. You know, all that information is in our system, but you haven't spoken to the student and gotten their feedback. So that we found really cool ways to be able to identify key milestones, reach out to them, and really improved our success rate of students registering and arriving at the center. So it helped the arrival rate for sure. Let's get into the technology aspect, because obviously technology is, is certainly playing a major role here in in helping training organizations and others to do a good job of, of uh, a journey mapping. Salesforce uh, technology in particular. So exactly what does the Salesforce platform uh, bring to the party? Yeah, I mean, that's this is the fun part, right? This is where you can say, okay, I know who my student is now, and now what do I do with this information? And that's where Salesforce comes into play. So a technology that allows you to create custom journeys based on the personas that you have. So let's say you have an organization where they're, they, they deal a lot with parents because parents are paying for the course or because the students are minors. You would have a student journey and a persona around that parent because they're the person you need to speak to. And at the same time, you would have engagement with the student if they're over 18, you know, of course, that you'd be able to communicate with them. So it's, it's really getting everyone on the hook and taking them through that desired path. 
it's marrying the, I found a milestone. This is a key moment for a student or a parent or another key stakeholder in the process and saying, now here's my outreach, make it happen. And the system does it for you. And it does it in such a way that can be very personal. And it doesn't feel like an automated message. It doesn't say dear student, it's dear Chris. It's very customized and it can pull in all the details you have about that student in your CRM, which makes it feel less automated. It makes it feel way more personal, especially at those key moments. And I think that's where Salesforce can allow you to be super flexible. You can, you know, say you're halfway through a, an academic term or you're through a year of your training school and you want to get in and tweak it a little bit. You add a couple fields right there and boom, those become triggers to new journeys for people. So it's super easy for organizations to manage themselves and to take the lead from their marketing team or their strategy or their strategy depart, uh, area and really focus that and, and marry it to the technology. And what it does really nicely is while it doesn't document, let's say, a complete journey in the sense of here's what's happening with the student, here's what's happening to the staff, here's the technology and the process behind it, it does allow you to really take a look at the student life cycle and map very key communications very strategic and very supportive and engaging ways to get the students to stay interacting with your school, to keep them on track to attend, to get them through the admission process even, or you know, once they're in the program to keep them successful and keep them on track. Can these organizations generate revenue or increase sales through uh, enrollment uh, using Salesforce technology? And if so, how would they do that? I would say so. I would say, you know, organizations that really take a close look at the student, I keep, you know, we say student journey a million times, but it's what it is. You take, you know, you take a really close look at the different stages that a student will progress through from the initial awareness of your brand or of your institution throughout their course. And from there, if you're able to identify the milestones, which students should be receiving access, let's say to a portal or reports that are necessary for instructors or for team members to follow up with students, all of that can be leveraged through Salesforce as well. There's so much you can build in that isn't just the marketing side, that isn't the sales piece, which is, you know, Salesforce is great for it's in the name. Uh, so yeah, it'll help you get your students through the, the various stages and it'll help your staff internally. It'll help the team know where the student stands, what's been done and what hasn't. The customer 360 or the student 360 in this case is super important. The, the building of personas and the information you can collect really allows you to leverage that in a way that makes it meaningful. It shows that you, your organization cares about the student. You know, nobody likes getting form emails. Nobody likes a dear student. No one wants an, a message or anything that would put in question whether or not they're at a certain stage within an institution. Like, let's say you haven't properly mapped your student journey and your messaging picks off that someone's missing an application document, when in fact that students have been accepted, but there might be something off with the way you've mapped out their journey. That would freak a student out in a second because they believe that they're accepted to your school, but they're getting communication that's, that makes them believe otherwise. That's where technology and the transparency and the building of these dynamic profiles that you can have on your students really, really helps institutions. And also on the other side of it, makes it more real and more authentic to the student. From Mike Wittenstein, a warning about technology. It's critical, he says, to make it serve the journey mapping process rather than the other way around. The student must always come first. It's super, super, super important to not let the technology drive the experience. 
just because technology will let you do something doesn't mean it has to be part of the experience. If it's something that students want, if it's part of the value creation promise that the brand, the school is making, makes total sense, but always put the experience first. The most important thing I think for sponsors is to understand what kind of outcomes they're looking for. In my opinion, there are a couple of outcomes that often get confused. Usually a business person, I think that would be a dean or a provost, or I don't know all the education language, is looking for the school to be better off. More students, more research, a better brand, more funding, etc. The other kind of outcome that's important is what are the outcomes for the student? My belief and my company, StoryMiner's belief, is that businesses are in business to deliver value for their clients first. That means by design, most of their waking hours, most of their time, attention, and energy is put toward creating value for those that they serve. After that, they also figure out how to make a profit, how to keep the lights on, et cetera. The businesses in all sectors that have done that have far exceeded their competitors who are more inwardly focused. The second thing is as you're getting ready to use all this technology stuff, particularly with regard to journey maps, you need to understand and let your team know if you're looking for a current state journey map, like how does the experience work today versus how would you like it to work tomorrow? There are a couple schools of thought on that. Some people won't start a future state until they know the current state. I'm not a big fan of that because if you start today and you try to get to tomorrow, you try to bring too much baggage with you and that can slow you down. So if you're doing an improvement or a repair to your current experience, or you've already got a Salesforce installation and you're just trying to make it better, absolutely start with current state and then work your way forward because it gives you a better roadmap of how to get there. If you're um, like one of my previous clients who was doing only online learning, but then pivoted and did an in-city, you know, in, metro, in a large metro area learning center where students could come together to work on projects, and they also used it as a matriculation center and a sales office, then definitely you start with the future state. You clearly define in detail what that experience is going to be like from the time they meet their counselor for the first time to touring the facility to their take-home exam that gives them inc uh, an inclination of what they might be good at and so on. You definitely use the future state to inform that and that helps the technology teams to build the right stuff. It's difficult to say whether or not student journey mapping would be as powerful a tool without technology behind it. Certainly trainers and educators could take a kick at the can and perhaps make a passable effort, but they would surely lack the power to analyze data points in a granular way in order to generate an accurate student persona. They'd also have to guess at how well a student was progressing or not, since they'd essentially be in the dark on that point, or how a student was feeling about their progress. Thanks to what the Salesforce platform can offer to training organizations and higher ed institutions, accurate journey mapping is entirely possible. And that opens up so many opportunities for both students and the organizations serving them. You've been listening to Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerent. We'd like to thank Mike Wittenstein for sharing his views on how technology should be put to work for students. As well, our thanks to April Bulwich, Gerent's Senior Director of Education, for her input and experience on the subject of student journey mapping. Our technical producer is Dave Grine, who runs the Acme Podcasting Company in Toronto. And I'm Chris Henry. 
Thanks for sharing your time with us.